Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Bengals Executive Vice President Katie Blackburn, when asked if Joe Mixon would be the team's starting running back in 2023, she said, right now he's on the team, and we are going to count on him until that wouldn't be the case. Jay, uh, not exactly the vote of competence that you typically hear for a guy that's been, you know, different. Uh, by the way, the, that's, that's the exact quote that NBC said about me, by the way. He's, he's, about me. he's on the Matt team. Barry is currently on our roster. Yes. yes. He and, is currently... And, he currently has a show for Peacock. Yes. And until he doesn't, right. yeah, know, exactly. we're not talking about no, it. No, correct. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside, still on the team, Matthew Berry, still on the team, Jay Croucher. Those well, we haven't gotten to June first yet. You know, I, I could easily post be a June first cut. First cut. Exactly. Save that money. So we'll see. Yeah, there we, we go. We will see. A lot of transaction talk today on the a lot desk. Of before. Transaction talk. Absolutely. Here on the desk. But yes, thank you to NBC for keeping me employed. <laughs> we had a we had a nice vacation last week. Uh, it was uh, it who's was a great week? week. What? I, who's this week? On vacation. I, I mean, speaking Were of you myself were, in the world. Oh, we, okay. Okay. We, me, my wife, yeah. my kids. Ah, there we go. Did, did you guys not get the week off? I had a week off. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I went to Denver, Colorado with my family, and my wife Lovely. and I resolved after the flight with the three kids, five and under, that we won't be flying with the kids for at least another 15 You do that a lot, a, quite a bit. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's bold of you. Yeah, yeah. Flying, so. flying with kids is tough. There's nothing worse. There's absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's and you know what? Bottom. There's nothing worse is the guy in front of you in the row, like really being upset and asking the flight attendant for earplugs, like in a way that's loud enough so that you can hear no, it. Yeah. It's like, all right, thanks. What do you want me to do? Well, what do you want me to do? Kids kicking his chair, or were they just kicking. loud? There was a little kicking. Alright, so so in essence, it's the it's the guy in front of you's fault that you don't have control of your children. Well, that's that would be oh. his argument. Yeah, my <laughs> argument would be I'm doing everything that I can for you. No, um, I once. <laughs> this is an embarrassing story, but I once, so me and, I have twin daughters obviously that are 11, but my wife and I once took them somewhere, and I forget how it was, but we had to get somewhere, somewhere, and it was like the only tickets that were available on this flight, the one flight that we could have, were all in first class. Like the whole flight was sold out, but there were four, and like we had to, because like, it's like, you know, first class is a waste for like, you know, a five-year-old, whatever, but, and, but we're like, we have to do it, because we needed, for whatever reason, we needed this one flight, it was the only one that was available, so we bought it. And I literally just, my wife was like, I'm going to be horrified. I just, I went up and I said, I literally, as soon as we walked in, I just turned to the entire first class and I said, I apologize. I apologize in advance. I know you guys bought first class tickets and now I hear them with annoying children and I just apologize in advance and drinks are on me. Now drinks are free in first class. Yeah, this is good, but, play. good play. Uh, but whatever, people laughed, and there were a lot of a lot of people were like, oh, we have kids too, we get it, don't worry about it. And so pre, I think preemptively. 
recognizing is yes. the way to go. Yes. You know, uh, I was on a flight where in first class was uh, Brian Dable. With, sure. With his young family. And I was thinking like, oh, is this going to be a little noisy? Brian Dable managed his family expertly. Didn't make it whole I mean, noise. That's, 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 that's why you know he's coaching the coach of the year. Coach there you go. Coach Unbelievable of the year. He has a handle on the locker room. Yeah, Brian Dable. No culture problems with Brian Dable. Just the magnificent oh. manager of Yeah, players. exactly. Yeah, just fantastic. Yeah. Well, I worthy coach of the year. Wouldn't you agree, Jay Croucher? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess I would agree. Brian Dable. did a great job. Yes. I don't know, Kyle Shanahan. It should have been Kyle Shanahan. But Dable did an amazing job. We're all, this is a pro Brian Dable desk here at the happy hour. He's the kind of coach that I wish, I'm hopeful, that perhaps the new owners of the Commanders could try to steal away from the New York Giants. Yeah, you keep making these demands. Lamar Jackson is quarterback, yes. coached by Brian Dable. Yes. Here's, here's what I would Bill say. Bill Belichick GM. Yeah. Look, look, so the news broke um, just a few days ago that the Washington Commanders, that I think where we currently are is that there's, there's an agreement in principle for the Josh Harris group. Uh, Josh Harris, Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson, that group has agreed in principle to terms with Daniel Snyder, and the, the details of that deal have been submitted to a committee, has been submitted to the NFL. And so I, the last thing I saw, I think I saw this in the Washington Post this morning, is that the, the NFL thought there were no major issues with the proposal, that there was a few minor things that they think can get worked out. But it's a non-exclusive offer. They're still, like, it's still open. Snyder has a couple of demands, um, as well, there's there's you know rum, there's always going to be rumblings that Jeff Bezos could step in at any minute, despite the fact that he's continually said he's out, he's not interested, he has but the you know uh, there's always going to be that uh, that rumor and there's other bids potentially swirling as well. But guys, there's an agreement in principle. <laughs> there is almost positively going to be a new owner of my beloved Washington Commanders come this fall. Hail to the commanders! Hail victory! Let's go! <laughs> and here we go. If you want to see uh, a little, a little Matthew Berry celebration. Oh, it's Matthew Berry in Florida. I'm legit drunk right now. Current situation. Yeah, I was quote tweeting uh, Jordan Zevon, who said, "Like I can hear Matthew Berry's screams right now." He he tweeted out, you know, one of the headlines about the uh, that the you know the agreement had happened between uh, the Josh Harris Group and Daniel Snyder to sell the commanders to the Harris Group. So I'm very excited about it. By the way, like. That's the group I want of the groups that have emerged as viable candidates. Like, again, make no mistake, if somebody else winds up with it, I will also suck up to them. But I want to be here on national television and say, like, no, I'm a f- Josh Harris is a professional sports team owner. That's what right? he does. I mean, right? I mean it's what yeah. he, he, he's been massively successful in everything he's ever done. Right in terms of you know in terms of what he's done with Apollo and everything that he's built up there, but again, whether it's the Sixers, whether it's the Devils, you know he has a minority interest in Crystal Palace. Like all you hear around the sports world is just how well those organizations are run, and you can argue about the on the field results and everything like that, or the on the ice results as it, as it were. But ultimately, all you want is a franchise that runs like a professional franchise that treats its fans and employees and players with respect, and that's what you hear out of everyone that works for Josh Harris on his many, many interests. I'm thrilled. Obviously, you know, Magic Johnson's a champion. Uh, you know, I don't know a ton about Mitchell Rails, but, like, I'm on board. Yeah. I love we, it. How do we get you in the group? Like, what's the, what's the <laughs> I, minority stake lowest I, price? I, that's what I'm say. asking. And I then have, you could say, I, I'm in the Harris group. I'm not. I'm, I know. A thousand percent. I'm, <laughs> He's, he couldn't listen, be more in. It could not be more in. I, I will write that check tomorrow. Again, it's got to be a small it's one. The, just say, what's the minimum for me the, to be a minority owner? A hundred percent. 
Believe it. I know you're joking. No, I'm not. No, I know you are very into this. You and RG3 are not joking about this. I have asked this question. I've asked this question of everyone I know. How can I I weasel my way in to own .000001% of this team or whatever it is, whatever, whatever, what's the, whatever, how can I get in? How can I get in? So I'm working on it. We'll see. Um, I'm available. That's very, like the... Alongside LeBron, think, Wade, and Bosch, you'd be like the Mario Chalmers. Do you think this is a question that has come up? This is a, <laughs> Mario. It's, a, it's obviously it's a massive long shot. But if I was somehow able to, to, to wind up as a minority owner mm-hmm. of the Washington Commanders, do you think this is – I'm going to be a real question here. It's going to be tough. Do you think – no, do you th- I, don't know, I don't know what NBC's reaction would be like that. Like, I, I don't know what bias? the – no, what I, I, don't, I don't think there's a bias issue. What was the fear there's, here? There's no bias issue. I mean, like, you know, I mean, like, I got a Brian I got a Brian Robinson jersey up there. I mean, I, like, there's no, like, I'm well known as a Commanders fan. I have been very blatant and open about that. But my question is, is like, first off, part of my job is to bet, to is to bet on sports. You know, Jay and I. I'm not as much of a degenerate as Jay, but I'm a, I'm reasonably, I'm a reasonable. You're catching up by the day. I'm closer to Jay. You know, on the scale of, like, pious to degenerate Jay, I'm much closer to Jay than I am to, you know, pious over here. But, I like, like, I like are NFL owners allowed to bet on sports? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Like, if I had a minority... Almost certainly not. I would <laughs> say no. That's what I'm saying. But is it majority owners compared to minority stake? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know stake, the you answers do to any of these things. And no. I, I would love to know the answer to this because that might mean that it's really, you know... We're going to need to set up a call yeah. 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 all of these things. So I need, NB, I need NBC HR to weigh in. Um, uh, so, uh, anyway. We'll but yes, show. and if anyone watching has an in, <laughs> hook a brother up. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. But uh, regardless of whether I am somehow able to weasel my way in, uh, I could not be more thrilled at, you know, a potential ownership change. I mean, ownership is the biggest advantage in professional sports, honestly. It ripples through absolutely everything. And to go to competent ownership, I mean, even quarterbacks come and go. uh, And what is overseeing the organization is the most important. And you see that. Like, see, the Sixers now are just clearly an expertly run organization from the Correct. top down, from Harris down to Daryl Morey to Doc Rivers to Joel Embiid. It just makes sense and it works. The Devils are one of the best stories in yes. the NHL this season. Crystal Palace had a nice win on the weekend as yeah. well, so it's all happening. Right. It's Yeah, I mean, it's Josh Harris's world. We just live in it. I, But you're 100% right. If, I mean, and you can go through sports and you sort of point out, like, you know, good ownership, poor ownership. And I, I think there is an argument made, be made, and I don't think it's a tough one, that – Daniel Snyder is the worst owner in professional sports history. Like, who's worse in professional sports history? I mean, right? I he's mean, on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Sterling. Sterling. Sterling's, Sterling's, next, Sterling's up there. Yeah. What Obviously. Is, Mount Rushmore. I mean, yeah, the Mount Rushmore of worst ownership of all time. Yeah. See, good question this is, this is, we'll get into a whole, uh, whole thing. <laughs> My counter to that is, yes, Sterling was a bad owner, but I think he's a much worse person. Okay. than an actual Fair. owner in terms of what he did with the Clippers. He's a terrible, awful human being. Yes. You know what I mean? By, you know, by what he was caught on tape saying, by, by you know, what he did with, no. like, the, the, you know, the tenement housing and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of the actual ownership of the Clippers, it felt like he mostly just kind of 
Like he wasn't yeah. great for the Clippers, but like he never he never cheated. You know, he never cheated season ticket holders. He never cheated other NBA owners. Like he never let the the arena fall into disarray. Like you know things things you know like you know railings never fell on on fans in any of the Clippers stadiums. Sewage, yeah, sewage, raw yeah. yeah. sewage never felt right. You know, yeah. Elton Brand never had a seat collapse. Right, on right. They never had a they never had a you know a, uh, a you know a, a day for like a, a, a superstar Clipper. <laughs> like a beloved deceased member of the Clippers, yeah. and you know, and then put them in front of like porta potties, like they did on Sean Taylor Day, yeah. and they put Sean Taylor's family in front of porta. I mean, like to be fair, the Clippers have never had a superstar player, but that's. I mean, the point. <laughs> until you, Kawhi Leonard. Anyway, I'm just <laughs> didn't expect to get there, but we did. Uh, anyway. And with that, I will gladly move us to our Road to World headlines of the day, and we start with today's news. Uh, yes. We do have one quick positive, Commanders. You know, like, the fact that it's going to be sold. Super positive, mm. right? The second piece is, it's like, listen, they're oh. committing to Sam Howell. They're committing yeah. to Sam Howell. Um, the dreams of Lamar Jackson going away. But the fact is, is like, this is great. My only request of Ron Rivera and the coaching staff and the entire uh, organization here is give Sam the whole year. Because one of two things happens. Either we discover over the course of a year, hey, the kid can play. We've got a franchise quarterback, and we've got him on a rookie deal, a cheap rookie deal, because he was, I believe, a fifth-round pick. So we have him on a fifth-round rookie deal for the next three years um, after this season. Awesome. Amazing, right? So that will be huge. Um, Or we discover that Sam Howell can't play, and that's okay. Still, give him the entire year. Do not bring in Jacoby Brissett, because Jacoby Brissett will win games. I, I don't want to win any. Yeah. I either I either want to know not Sam enough, Howell, but too many. That's right. Jacoby Brissett is seven or eight wins, and that'll get us right around to pick fifteen or sixteen, which is where we pick <laughs> Hello, every single friend. year. Yeah. And there'll be like, and there's not like either right, either 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 we discover Sam Howell can be the guy, or if he's not, we need to be bad enough that we can draft the guy next year because next year should be an amazing quarterback class as it well. It will be. Yeah, there are three guys at the top that'll be really good. So you want to be really bad, or you want to figure it out. Yep. No, that's right. You never want to tread water. This is, this is correct. I like the fact that you looked directly at me when you said you never want to tread water. <laughs> it is what it is at this point in my career. Connor, I am what I am. You know what I'm sorry? I'm Let's sorry. See, you're doing pretty good. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, well, yeah. well, I'm, I'm the Jacoby yeah. Brissett of fantasy yeah. analysts. I well, like that. We need too many games. <laughs> I'm just, it's too many good last year. I am. It's, you right. and Jacoby had a good year last year. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I am just right there. So we go to today's news, and yes. that is a reoccurring theme on this show. Yes, sir. It has to do with Trey Lance. And the latest is NFL Network's. Uh, Ian Rappaport reports that the 49ers have fielded calls from teams interested in trading for Lance. He was very specific that it's not the Niners shopping Trey Lance, but they have fielded calls. Guys, when the Niners signed Sam Darnold this offseason, and we know how much they like Brock Purdy, obviously Brock Purdy's health pending, there was an interesting variable with Trey Lance of is his future in San Francisco with it feels like leaning no. This is the first signal to me that Trey Lance will not be on the 49ers next year. I feel like that's got to be the way to go, right? Because it's, it's, it's almost, in a weird way, it's the reverse Garoppolo situation, right? In, which, is, which is that when Garoppolo, they're like, they, you know, they wanted to, previous, in, when we were talking about this a year ago, they wanted to get rid of Garoppolo. Now, they ended up not being able to trade him, not being able to release him. They restructured his deal. He came back and, it, you know, accepted to being a backup. But they didn't want the, they wanted to give Trey Lance kind of a, you know, a, a clean slate, so that he didn't, there weren't people going like, why aren't we bringing Garoppolo if Trey Lance, as a young player, was struggling? Because Garoppolo's had success with the team. 
And so the same thing here is, is that you don't want if Brock Purdy, if the league catches up to him a little bit or whatever, if there's you know some stumbling blocks or you know he's not 100% healthy, whatever it is, bring in Trey Lance, bring in Trey Lance. Like if you're committing, if you're like, hey, we found something in Brock Purdy and we have a veteran presence in Sam Darnold, if he's not healthy or if he struggles, then it does feel like for the for the good of Lance and for the good of the, the organization, you kind of gotta you kind of gotta you know it's the old saying, if you got two quarterbacks, you got none, right? You gotta plant your flag and say Brock's our guy at some point. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing to say, but Sam Donald's almost too good to be a third-string quarterback, so that always didn't really make sense. Like, Sam Donald was okay in Carolina, right. and he is a backup quarterback, I think, at worst in the league. And then, secondly, the Trey Lance-San Francisco era has just never made any sense from the start. I remember a week or so before the draft, Mac Jones was like minus 500 to get taken by the Niners with pick three. And then I don't know what happened because the whole thought was they were trading up to take Mac Jones. Mac Jones makes sense in the Shanahan system and everything like that. And then they just end up taking Trey Lance and he plays a couple games and now they're out on him. And it shakes up this draft as well sure. because we're talking about Houston at two where it seems like the draft starts now and everyone's thinking, is it Levis or is it Stroud? Is it Lance? Miko Ryan's going to take Trey Lance with him to Houston? That's a great point. And I was, I was just about to ask you, if Trey Lance were coming out this year, you know, like, where does he rank? I, I think at worst he ranks third, right behind Stroud and Young. Exactly. He'd be in the Richardson bucket of right. all tools, has not played enough, you better have a developmental plan. And so when you look at it like that, and, he's, and here's the thing, he's younger than Will Levis and Hendon Hooker right. or in the draft this year. Trey Lance is younger than those guys. So some teams might see him as a ball of clay and say, we get this guy and he stays healthy, we can mold him, and we're going to get him for pennies on the dollar. Yep. He's not gonna, Trey Lance isn't getting a first-round pick back right now. Maybe he gets a two. Maybe. I don't, I'm not even confident in that. Wow. So, I mean, there's value here for a team that, is out, that doesn't get a quarterback in this draft bringing Trey Lance in. Maybe Tennessee, maybe Houston. Because Houston is not guaranteed to take one at two anymore. We're far away from that right now. So yep. the Trey Lance conversation is fascinating in this offseason. It, it, it really is, and it feels like that's the right move for both uh, Lance and the 49ers. And so, uh, you know, like, you, you, wish the, you wish the kid well. But, like, there's just no scenario. Here's the thing. They've gotten such a value out of Brock Purdy yep. as a seventh-round pick, as a day-three pick that they wouldn't be able to get any trade value for him. Like, you know, his upside as a starter for the next five years, the next four years on a day three contract is astronomical. So they wouldn't be able to get that back in a trade. No one's trading for Brock Purdy, you know, and giving them yeah. what, what... So if somebody has to... And obviously, Sam Darnold is whatever. So if they're going to get anything out of that quarterback room, it feels like it has to be Trey Lance. Yeah, and whatever they get for him as well. Like, they're a team that they can absolutely win the Super Bowl this year, clearly. And so if they just having this glut of quarterbacks just doesn't help them win the Super Bowl this year, naturally. And so they get, get something for Trey Lance, drafts another player who's going to help this year. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a second-round yep. pick. They pick at the end of the third round, I believe, three times of the last four picks in that third round. But... One quarterback situation that could not have gone more perfectly is the Philadelphia Eagles, and they reward Jalen Hurts with a massive five-year, $255 million contract extension. I mean, people thought the Eagles were crazy when they took Jalen Hurts in the second round when they had Carson Wentz, and they took him at pick 53, and and here we are. People thought I was crazy when at the Hall of Fame game in my first appearance at NBC, I said he could make a Josh Allen-like leap this year. People thought that was crazy. People thought... Even making my fantasy ride or die, and people are like, well, yes, they're rushing, but this guy, this guy might lose his job because he's not, he's not a franchise quarterback. Why didn't the Eagles draft a quarterback? They had a high pick. Why are they just going with Jalen Hurts, and all they have is Gardner Minshew backing him up? 
you know, uh, Howie Roseman is crazy. People, there were a lot of naysayers um, uh, around Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I was not one of them. As you see, uh, you see the numbers there, just how, uh, how good he's been, how much he's improved. You know, second year in Sirianni's system, adding A.J. Brown, getting Devontae Smith for a second season. It's an unbelievable offensive line as well. All those things help. And you know what I'm doing right now? Oh, no. Connor Rogers. Oh, yeah. Victory oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. That's do that. the camera work. <laughs> You're uh, damn right I'm victory lapping. You're damn right. People do you, doubted Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts made me look smart. Do you get a cut of the 255? Why fly? I might. I might. Yeah. Jalen, if you could loan me a couple of those bucks so I could weasel my way into the commander's ownership uh, group, that would be amazing. Uh, a rival, how about a rival team here? Yeah. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I think – and uh, like, It'll get a little bit glossed over because they lost the game, but Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl was magnificent. He played Mahomes to a draw. He really did. Like, the reason, you know, people will talk about the one turnover. I mean, like, and so, so, but, I mean, on the biggest stage, first time he'd ever played in the the Super Bowl, to your point, like. Playing hurt as well. Playing hurt. The reason the Eagles lost that game is not Jalen no, no, Hurts. He was the, a 10. They, he's the reason they had a chance at the end. Yep. Unbelievable. Where are we, we have Jalen up here somewhere, right? Right Jaylen. there. Oh, there we go. Yeah, 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 exactly. There, there he is. Right there, right. Yeah, it's a right. prime spot right behind me. Yeah. Your, your, right. your vision's not as good as your running ability in circles. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> By the way, as out bad as I look running. Of, out of breath? As bad as I looked running. I'm not out of breath. <laughs> You're out as of bad breath. as I am, as bad as I uh, looked running, by the way. I still could take more of a hit than Bryce Young. Ah, there you go. Oh, boy. Here, wow. We made it back here. Bryce Young, just, real punching bag on the show. I'm, not, I listen, I'm just saying, like, again, I'm, I'm six foot 190-ish. You got the black jacket. <laughs> just for a six foot 200 last time you were yeah. comparing yourself to Bryce. Yeah, yeah maybe I, 200. I might be 200. It's been an off-season fried chicken. But, um, uh, it's a regular season of fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and a post-season of fried chicken, sir. I like some fried chicken. What are you going to say? Oh, and drinking. I've been drinking. Uh, you know. A lot, of celebra- a lot of celebrating going on. Oh, Commander's boy. sale. <laughs> Jalen Hurts contract. Jalen Hurts contract. I'm still employed. <laughs> yes. You're, uh, it's all still happening. on the team. I'm still on the team. Yeah. It's all happening. He's still on the team. It's Him all and Joe happening. Mixon, still on the team. Uh, I'll tell you who's not on the team that he wants to play for, and that's Aaron Rodgers right oh, now. Nice. Adam Schefter saying, it doesn't sound like – I want. that's an interesting way to frame it. It doesn't sound like Aaron Rodgers will be traded to the Jets before the NFL draft. Your Jets. Yeah, My, my Jets. Yeah. Yeah, our Jets. Uh, yeah, what the, what's going on here, Connor? Is he going to be on the Jets eventually? It just still seems like this is a formality, and it's just whatever. It They're just badgering over compensation, but it's surely going to get done, right? Yeah, this feels kind of like a signal uh, to certain side of saying, hey, you know, we're really not going to move him unless you beef up the offer. And I think for Green Bay, I just don't understand how Green Bay goes into this draft without one of those top 50 picks from the Jets to help yeah. out Jordan Love. That doesn't make sense to me. That's the, that's the, part, that's the weird part about the report is that, like, so if you're the Jets, what do you do going into the draft? You're like, okay, well, I guess we have to sort of assume that at the mo- you know we they're want- operating that they're making all three of those picks. When you look at the right. visits they've had, the way I mean, but is that, but they might be also going through the motions, whatever. To you like, have to. Try to you have to you know call their you know yes. are the Packers bluffing, we're bluffing, like that kind of stuff. But like at the moment, if the season started today, the starting quarterback of the Jets is Zach Wilson. Don't rule out Tim Boyle. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to rule out Tim Boyle. I uh, ruled him out. Yeah, I just put a line through to write Tim Boyle's name. Cross it out. Yeah. And then you're, and then you're, and then you're ruling him out. I'm going to put a line through Tim Boyle. Yeah, I just wrote his name and crossed it out. There you go. Fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. That's what they got. But, so. like, and the, what are the first three picks that the Jets have? 13, 42, 43. They call San Francisco and say, take pick 43 <laughs> for Trey Lance? That would be... And Zach will Zach will snaps to go back in that deal. You can't, you can't have <laughs> no, Trey Lance no, and Zach Wilson on the same enough, roster. But enough. I mean, but picks two and three in the draft, back to back. <laughs> then you roll in with Trey Lance in a win or get fired year. I mean, right? I I don't know. Like I, 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 don't, I don't think that happens. But no. I'm just saying, like I don't know. What are the options for both of these sides? <laughs> right. N- nobody can take on the Aaron Rodgers money. Right. And the Jets need a quarterback. Yeah. And by the way, here we Aaron Rodgers has said. Publicly, he was yes. on the Pat McAfee show saying, "I want to play for the Jets. I've chosen to play for the Jets. I've come out of the darkness, and I'm a Jets guy now." Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like Jay Croucher, <laughs> just yeah. like Jay Croucher. Yeah. Jay Croucher spent four days in, yeah. in the darkness, uh, and Sauce Gardner, uh, defensive rookie of the year, campaigning yeah. on Twitter every week. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And now yeah. Jets man. What would you rather do? What would you rather mm. do if I said next week you have to do one of two things? Yeah, uh, four days in the darkness, like Aaron Rodgers did on the darkness retreat, or. Another cross-country flight with your children. Well, yeah, I was going to say that's the darkness retreat. It has it's not to close. Be. Yeah, it's not close. Much I was praying for four peace. hours. I was pl- yeah. praying for four days in the darkness <laughs> on that flight from Denver to LaGuardia. Absolutely praying for it. Now, with Rogers, I do think if there was ever a candidate in human history to turn this into a soap opera and abandon the Jets and end up on like the Ravens or something yeah. weird, it would be Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely, let me tell you. he's got yeah. it in him. Yeah. You know, he's got it in him. But I, I still think this gets done the week yeah, we'll of the get draft. Done. I think Green Bay needs an asset I, in this I mean, draft. listen, Schefter's really plugged in, sure. uh, but it just feels it feels weird that it won't happen before the draft because I feel like both teams need to know what assets they have going into this draft, right? I mean, what they what they don't and they don't have. Like again, you can't unless the Packers call and say pick this guy for us. I, I don't. Yeah, and that's just not. A precedent right. in the NFL, like right. it doesn't work like that. No, yeah. no, that's what's saying. Happens like, in the NBA, but lot. it doesn't happen in the NFL. Yeah, no. it would be a new turning point in NFL draft history for. And the other thing is, like is like as we just sort of talked about the locker room with you know Lance and Garoppolo and Brock Purdy and the whole thing. Like at some point, you need to just basically like, yo, Jordan Love, this is your team. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he can't. And I'm sure Jordan Love is preparing as if he's going to start the season and is trying to. But there is just there's just something about. As long as the guy's locker is still there, right, you know, like, as long as you're going to camp and, you know, if you show up at, uh, at Lambeau and there's a reporter going like, hey, have you heard anything new about, you know, 12? Like, I don't know. Like, I you, you, want, your guy, you want your guy to be the guy. You want your guy to be the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, if you're the Packers, you need to empower Jordan Love to be like, hey, we used an early pick on you. We need to see what we have. We need to give you a chance to really be the guy for us moving forward here. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Moving over to the running backs, Austin Eckler said his worst-case scenario is returning to the Chargers to play out the final year of his contract, Jay. Uh, Eckler, it doesn't appear the Chargers have much interest in tacking on extension years as he gets closer to 30. Eckler not happy with his pay, justifiably so. doesn't really seem like there's a clear end in sight with this ordeal. No, it doesn't. But at the same time, I mean, I think that the – I mean, he said it. Like, he, he may go back to the Chargers. Maybe he'll hold out. We'll see what happens there. But I would think that – Worst-case scenario for him is he's back and he's going to provide amazing fantasy value um, in terms of for our purposes. But, yeah, it's not a great situation for Austin Eckler, uh, as you can see, in terms of the highest-paid running backs. 
feels like Austin Eckler should make more than Naheem Hines. Exactly. Uh, sure I mean, that's a low bar to clear. Right, exactly. He I mean, feels that point. way as well. He should probably make more than uh, Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones, I would say. so. He, uh, he should be in that mix. He should be making 12-plus 12, 12 million a year. Yeah. Easy. And, uh, and he's making half of that at the moment. So, yeah, it's an awkward situation, but suspect that he'll be on the field and doing Austin Eckler stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... But it doesn't feel like the, the Chargers are motivated to trade him. So it no. does feel like – I do feel like a, his only leverage at this point will be a holdout. Because, yeah. I mean, they've said, yeah, sure, go ahead, knock yourself out, you know, yeah. try to find a trade. But, you know, and, and maybe after the draft goes and some of the running back needy teams don't get what they want, so maybe. But just feels like much of the NFL is kind of in a, you know, running back – you know, running backs are just guys kind of thing. Like, you know, and and – they're not willing to pay up for the position. And so feels like running back's best chance to get paid is usually from their own team that realizes how valuable. And if the Chargers aren't willing to pony up, yep. this could be – I feel like this is going to get uglier before it gets better. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation around just running back value because in terms of how running backs affect the line, remember a couple of years ago when Jonathan Taylor was having his all-world season for the Colts? And yeah. Jonathan Taylor, if he was out, he'd move the line one, one and a half points, whereas Carson Wentz – came out uh, and it looked like he was going to miss that game late season against the Raiders with COVID and the line moved a touchdown because the drop-off from Carson Wentz at that point to Sam Ellinger was literally a touchdown. Like, quarterbacks are just so much more valuable. Derrick Henry, when he broke his foot suddenly and came out of the game against the Rams, uh, the line moved like a half point. The one thing, though, with running backs is when you can add value in the passing game, like Christian McCaffrey is insanely valuable yes. despite being a running back. Austin Eckler provides a significant amount of value because of his work in the passing game. When you have that dual threat, that makes you like a the, wide receiver. The Chargers, if they lost, if they didn't have Austin Eckler last year, the Chargers season is a disaster. I, I know the season didn't go the way they wanted to it last year, but like at least they were competitive for the majority of the year. Like yeah. they would not, it would have been a disaster after they. You know, they had so many injuries, and, the, like, the one in, – and Herbert Herbert got banged up as well, and he was inconsistent. Like, the one positive, the one constant of the Chargers' offense last year was Austin Eckler. Yep. Yeah, to me, the solution should be if they can tack on maybe an extra mill or two to this year and he gets a stipulation he can't be franchise-tagged after the year, that kind of feels like each side wins a little bit. And Eckler, we know how good he is. He will get paid in a year, despite being a running back closer to yep. 30. His pass-catching pass skills will age well. Let's get him above yeah. Naheem Hines. Yeah, on, yeah that, that's... Come on. I would the feel Naheem the same Hines way. line. It's, it's kind of the Mendoza line of <laughs> yeah. running back contracts. Like, yeah. you know... Sorry, Naheem. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Sorry, Naheem. <laughs> More running back news. Robert Sala said Brees Hall looks fantastic. And Rich Samini writes that Hall is expected to be ready for week one, guys. I think expected to be ready is a little different from... The Brees Hall you're drafting in the first or second round to be an RB1, but still a good sign for Brees Hall out of the gate. Before he tore his ACL uh, in Denver, I was thinking, because just before that, I think he broke off like a 70-yard touchdown run. It was his best moment as a pro, and then um, obviously, yeah, yeah, Yeah. extremely unfortunate what happened. But at that point, I was thinking in my head, like, is this guy going to be the number one pick in fantasy like next year? He was playing at that level, and look, I don't think he's going to get back to that level immediately from week one, but... He is a guy who, by mid-season next year, we could be talking about him as the best running back in football. I think he's going to be a value. I mean, the, the concerns of running backs coming off ACLs is that they just don't have that spark, that breakaway. We saw it with Saquon Barkley. Like, yep. you know, like he just wasn't the same explosive guy the year after he tore his ACL. He's still out there yep. plodding along. So the question becomes on Brees Hall is just, like, where his ADP ultimately winds up landing in August, especially if we get close. Because I think, I think he'll be good. And we expect, assuming Rodgers is under center, we expect the Jets' offense to be a lot better 
and in scoring position more often. So he may have less explosive plays, but more touchdowns just because it's a better offense and that you know you, you can't crowd the, the box the way you could with some of the other quarterbacks that the Jets had when you've got Aaron Rodgers. But yes, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that like great news to have Brees Hall back out there, but I think we're probably a year away from seeing the Brees Hall that like broke off that 70-yard run that you're yep. talking about. And I think Adrian Peterson kind of skewed everyone's perceptions around ACL it's injuries freakish. because he came back and won MVP right. the next year. But he was clearly just a freak, uh, and it's not the norm he to be able a, to do that. He is a genetic freak of nature, yes. Adrian Peterson. Like, he's yeah. just one of him, like Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Like, you know, there's just there's guys that are Derek just— Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Henry should be genetic, done. He should yes. be done, and he's just— Derrick Henry is a genetic this. freak of nature. Like, they're just, you know, they're just not built the same yep. way that, you know, other people are. Yep. Our last bit of running back. Other mortals, back. I should yes. say. Yes. Yeah. Our last bit of running back news. Uh, Vikings GM Quezzi Adolfo Mensa was asked about Dalvin Cook being on the roster this season. And his quote was, conversations are always ongoing with him. Is that our news still on the <laughs> yeah. team? Yeah. Conversations yeah. are ongoing? Always, always ongoing. Always. I like that. Always yeah. ongoing. It's the yeah. simmering group chat with Dalvin. It's <laughs> yeah. always kind of ticking. Always. always people typing. I was ongoing. I mean, I do hear from NBC quite often, I will say. <laughs> conversations, conversations are, are always ongoing between me and, and Peacock. Um, yeah, I mean, it just the problem is, is that if he gets released after June 1st, it saves the Vikings nearly $11 million, right? He's got its 14.1 million cap hit in 2023. And to your point about sort of, you know, running backs not really moving the line, over the past couple of years when Dalvin Cook has missed time due to injury, Alexander Madison has stepped in and been basically just as good. The offense hasn't really suffered without Dalvin Cook. And so when you sort of look at the finances of it, and the fact is, is that, uh, they're going to have to pay Justin Jefferson here pretty soon. Uh, you know, they're paying a ton of money to Kirk Cousins. They've got some other uh, other guys coming Daniel up. Hunter's not happy right yeah, now. Exactly. They're going to they 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 pay Hunter. Like, they got – like, it just – it doesn't seem like there's a scenario that makes sense for Cook to stay on the Vikings unless he actively says, hey, I'll take less money to stay here. I will restructure my deal. I'm happy to – and just doesn't feel like that's going to do it. And but that's you the money thing, you know, and this the, the fact that there's not much of a downgrade if you get to Alexander Robin, uh, Alexander Madison. Sorry. Then you add in the fact that there there have been off the field concerns, um, uh, you know, injuries? allegations, yeah. not just injuries, yeah. but there've been there've been oh, yes. off the field allegations made against uh, made against Dalvin as well. That I can't speak to the veracity of it, but like that's a headache. You don't want to deal with that either. You know what I mean? And so it just. It feels like it's not It's not if, it's a matter of when, Dalvin Cook's not on the Vikings. And if that were to be the case, assuming that's the case, Alexander Madison is a borderline top 10 uh, running back this year. Yeah, absolutely. Easy. And when Dalvin Cook has come out, the betting line doesn't move. If Dalvin Cook's on a new team, Minnesota's win total will not move. Alexander Madison, from everything we've seen, is at least the same tier of running back, I think, in terms of talent as Dalvin Cook. Uh, and, he'll be, uh, and he'll have a huge fantasy value if he's the guy. Moving over to wide receivers, I know you'll love this one, Barry. The Steelers acquired wide receiver Allen Robinson and a seventh-round pick from the Rams for a seventh-round pick. I'm hearing that he might be a ride or die yes. next year. Allen Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. Already, I wrote an entire – I just want to say this right here. I've already – I've asked and answered this. You know, like, you know how sometimes in court, badgering the witness, your honor, badgering the witness, asked and answered. Yeah. That's what this is. I have already, I've done my mea culpa on Allen Robinson. I wrote an entire column. 
It's up for free on rotorworld.com or NBCSportsChange.com. Go check it out. You can. It was like four, week four or five where I wa- waved the white flag and I said, I apologize. <laughs> this was a massive mistake. I'm sorry to everyone that drafted him, and that includes myself because I drafted him on a decent amount of teams last year. Um, yeah, I, look, I've always really liked Allen Robinson as a player and maybe just a new situation. But fantasy value, like, you can't draft this guy. Like, I, again, it's like, the worst think situation of, to go to as well. It, right. I mean, like, so he downgrades from Stafford. Even a banged-up Stafford last year is still better than what we expect Kenny Pickett to be this year on what will be, at best, a um, balanced offense, potentially run heavy, but at, at best, a balanced offense. Right. I mean, you know, Kenny Pickett last year had the second lowest passer rating among qualified quarterbacks. Last year, you think about they've got Deontay Johnson. George they've got Pickens. Pat, they've got George Pickens, who we expect a lot of things for a year or two. Pat Fryermuth. It's a lot I of targets the, between the, those three right they, there. Right, exactly. Yeah. On an offense that wasn't exactly, you know, crushing it. Uh, and, a, on a, and a team that's in a division with the Bengals, Ravens, and Browns. Three good defenses that they're going to face six times next year. And so, I, it just, I can't. I saw something that said that maybe Robinson moves to the slot full-time and he could play that big slot role that Chase Claypool played some last year, which I think makes sense as a way to use him. But in terms of consistent fantasy value, I can't see it unless there's just a massive injury to one of the three guys we talked about. Yeah. Now he's the fourth pass-catching option on a team where, like, Pickens, I think, kind of underwhelmed relative to expectations. Deontay Johnson underwhelmed because of the lack of touchdowns. And now he's going to be behind both of those guys in an offense that's not... Kenny Pickett's not throwing the ball 42 times a game. Like, they're not going to be throwing that much. Uh, It hasn't been a particularly creative offensive scheme either. Uh, And if Sean McVay can't get anything out of Allen Robinson, when he's opposite Cooper Cup, by the way, because Robinson's performances with Cup when he was healthy weren't good either. So, yeah, it just feels like a mess all around. He just can't generate separation anymore, Allen Robinson. And that's kind of the end all. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, just we don't need to do a deep dive on Allen Robinson. But uh, what I would say is it's like, I'm okay with him not being able to generate separation because he's a big-bodied guy, but what he needs is when you're, when you're a player like that, when you're a player that can't generate separation, what you need is a, you need a quarterback that trusts you'll win a 50-50 ball, that he'll body the guy out and he's just going to come down with it. And just is Kenny Pickett at this stage of his career the kind of quarterback that's, that's going to trust a brand-new player like, it's one thing to be like, okay, Larry Fitzgerald, I know you can't get separation, but I don't care. You're Larry Fitzgerald. I'm going to throw it somewhere near you, and I know you're going to come down with it. Right? Like, um, Allen Robinson, just again, to your point, like, he's a, at best the fourth passing option on a team that isn't going to throw very much with a young quarterback. Yep. This so, one, this next it's one. A, it's a bigger name than, yeah. than any kind of fantasy value. This next one, more for the dynasty crowd and a bit of a surprise. Tyree Kill said he plans to retire after the 2025 season. Essentially, Tyree Kill has said, when my contract's up, I'm done. That's, for a great wide receiver in the NFL, that's always a little surprising to hear to put a timeline on it. Yeah, I feel like people say this kind of stuff all and the time, don't they? Isn't playing. Aaron Donald going to retire? I mean, let's ask Tyreek Hill in 2025 uh, how he feels because then he's very likely going to have a big contract offer at that point in front of him. Let's see how exactly. he feels like turning down the money. It's easy at that to point. say something after ah, a couple of years, I'm going to, and then, you know, another $100 million contract staring you in the face. That's tough. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I sort of like. Yeah, kind of shrug. We'll see. It's also so far away. It's so far away. And the Dolphins, like, 2024, the Dolphins, like, losing the AFC championship game. And they feel like they're, you know, they're, they're on the verge. I mean, I know Hill's got a Super Bowl ring, but still, I don't know. 
uh, you know, I would back minus 500 that Tyreek Hill's playing in the NFL in 2026. I'm not yeah. going to take Tyreek Hill at his word here. Let's see you turn down the money, Tyreek. In more transaction news, the Ravens signed Odell Beckham Jr., obviously formerly of the Rams, to a one-year contract up to 18 mil. It's good money for Odell. I believe 15 of it's guaranteed over a $13 million signing bonus. This was kind of, this was very surprising. Very surprising for a lot of reasons. Very surprising because the Ravens as a organization are usually not the guys that do crazy free agent moves. Like they're, they're a really disciplined and smart front office. They really are. So it's surprising uh, on that level. It's also surprising given like they don't know who their quarterback is. Right, I mean, like, and so, like, there's a scenario in which they've got, like, we're starting over. And so to sign a guy, you know, coming off a major injury on the wrong side of 30, what is he, 32? Like, I just, this feels, this feels weird, um, especially given, by the way, if, if they do have Lamar back, then, like, they're going to be more run heavy. Having said all of that, he is a very famous player. He's a very popular player. He will put butts in the seats, and maybe it is... Maybe it's a twofold thing. Maybe we're maybe we're playing checkers and they're playing chess. Maybe the thought process is twofold. If we lose Lamar, at least we've got a star. At least you know, like fans aren't dro- coming out for Tyler Huntley or whoever we have back there. Like so, at least we have like a big famous player that you know will put butts in the seats, right? And oh, by the way, we still want Lamar back. We want to make a deal with Lamar. So hey, Lamar, look, we went out and got you. Odell Beckham Jr., right? It's, not, it's no longer throwing to the, you know, um, James Prochets of the Sammy world. Watkins <laughs> yeah, Sammy there. Watkins, James Prochets, Devin Duvernay's, you Marcus know, Robinson. whatever, uh, Demarcus Robinson's. We got you OBJ. So maybe it's, it's twofold, right? It's, it's, you know, it's a positive way to try to get Lamar back to the table and try to figure out a long-term solution with him. And if nothing else, it's a safety net to give them some star power. For our purposes... This is a big kind of like, you know, like, listen, I know he was good with the Rams, but that was a couple of years ago. The, there's, Yes, there are targets available, but the passing game still is going to go through Mark Andrews. We don't know who this quarterback is. He's coming off of a major injury. It's been a long time. It, it's been over a year since we've seen him on a football field. I think he's likely to go higher in drafts than I'm willing to take him just because of his name, because he's OBJ. But I just don't know that the fantasy production is going to be there. Remember, and some of this is, is based on personnel, but no team in the NFL last year had fewer wide receiver targets and yards last year than the Baltimore Ravens. They were literally 32nd in the NFL in this stat. And so, again, they had James Prochet and Dever Duvernay. And so Beckham will command some targets. I just don't know that he's going to command the kind of targets that justify where he's likely to go in ADP. Yeah, this signing is shocking to me because I think the Ravens, I mean, if you're talking about best-run organizations, at least from, from my viewpoint in the cheap seats, be like Ravens and Eagles. Like yeah. They're right there. Right there. And this signing makes no sense relative to value. So it makes me think that Lamar is coming back, that this is like an Alan Lazard type of signing. The fact that Lamar is like, you know, on FaceTime with OBJ and they're posting that on social media, that OBJ is saying Lamar was part of the courting process. If Lamar doesn't come back to the Ravens now, it would just seem absurd. So I think this is good news for... You know, Mark Andrews dynasty managers because it seems like Lamar is probably going to come back at this point and with OBJ I mean we're just guessing because last time we saw him he was the best player in the Super Bowl until he tore his ACL 
He also tore his ACL and he's on the wrong side of 30. And he wasn't a number one wide receiver when he went down, even at that point. So I think we're just guessing. But, I mean, there's scope, there's upside, but it's not going to outweigh his name. We've said this before that we think, you know, if we had to place a bet as to where Lamar Jackson plays football this year, we still think Baltimore is the, is the favorite. But Lamar wants his money. And it may be one thing like, yeah, yeah, come to Baltimore. But, like, I mean... I don't know how close Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. are. They may be thick as thieves. They may be just friendly. I don't know the nature of the relationship. But I don't care how close they are. If, you know, uh, he's not giving up $50 million. You know, yeah. if, he, if he thinks he's worth 250 and, you know, the Ravens are only offering $200 million. Like, you're not giving up $50 million in your mind uh, to play with a buddy. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't move the needle that much. I, I'm just, you know, that's it what I'm saying. Yes. I don't know. I don't know where Lamar. I can't obviously speak to where Lamar's mind is and where his real number is and where the Ravens are. I mean, we just don't know. You hear numbers thrown around. Who knows what's true and what isn't? I'm just saying, like, he's still got to get paid. He's still got to get paid what he wants. Moving over to the Cowboys, Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News uh, writes that Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy has told Michael Gallup he will be featured more. This is a team that has traded for Brandon Cooks, who we believe will play plenty in the slot and outside. They have C.D. Lamb. Michael Gallup fitting into the equation as a feature feels like a stretch to me, fellas. So Mike McCarthy also said he wants to run the ball more <laughs> this year. And don't put it past the Cowboys to do something crazy like draft B. John Robinson after franchise tagging Tony Pollard. Like, this is an offseason quote that I'm just sort of like, okay, yeah. sure. But for our purposes, it, it doesn't – like. I still think you're drafting you're drafting CeeDee Lamb as a number one wide receiver, and I would prefer Cooks to Gallup going into this year in terms of where you're drafting Cowboys wide receivers. And I don't know that that offense is going to pass enough to, to support three fantasy-relevant wide receivers week in, week out. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'd love Gallup if Cooks wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, because Gallup, I mean, never really looked right coming off the injury. And I think we spoke to C.D. Lamb on the show about it at one point. And yeah, friend he was of the saying show, yeah. C.D. Lamb. Yeah, Ace, Ace. as you call yeah, him uh, our buddy Ace. Yeah, you're good friends with C.D. Lamb. Uh, but the fact that Cooks is now there and Gallup is still, he still hasn't shown it. He still hasn't shown that he's all the way back, that he was the guy who, you know, for two years in a row was getting over 100 targets, was on pace for 100 targets before his injury as well in 2021. So he's clearly got the talent, but now it's just a question of he's going to be a number three on an offense that runs the ball and also has a one who is one of the best wide receivers in the sport. So it's just difficult for Gallup to really get to value. We talked about the Chargers because of Austin Eckler's lingering contract situation, but on the pass catcher side of things, ESPN's Jordan Reed believes the Chargers are adamant about taking a pass catcher in the early rounds of 2023 NFL draft. Now this interesting because you hear pass catcher and you think, well, they'll take a wide receiver, but you also don't rule out the likes of the top of this tight end class for the Chargers as well. So I think it's pretty clear the Chargers are going to look to add more weapons for Justin Herbert. As well they should, and we'll see sort of how they do it. You know, listen, getting Jalen Guyton back would be great. You know, but again, Mike Williams has struggled with a lot of injuries. Keenan Allen, also on the wrong side of 30, feels like they need to they need to they've got they've got a young franchise quarterback. And so supporting that like they're only gonna go as far as Justin Herbert can take them, and the more weapons you can give Justin Herbert, the better. Yeah, they need a vertical element to that offense, which you know That's we it. talked about with Austin Eckler at length. Uh, yeah. and the fact that Guyton wasn't there and Mike Williams was constantly banged up just meant that that offense it's like it had no three-point shooting uh, and I think they'll surely add that other right, note they haven't yeah but to your point like you know Everett was involved and so yeah I mean yeah. you know 
could Michael Mayer go there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah, like it'd be Kincaid. interesting to see, like, yeah. It'd be interesting if they took a tight end. You know, that'd be a good landing spot for one of these uh, really nice tight ends. Yep. Other notable wide receiver updates. Jay, anything notable here? The Chargers re-signed Jalen Guyton. The Chiefs signed Richie James after he put together a nice year for the Giants. And the Dolphins signed wide receiver, now chosen Anderson. That was formerly Robbie Anderson. Well, you one call year contract. Yeah. What do you think, Jay? You yeah, like that I mean, change? Richie, <laughs> oh, I got no comments or chosen really Croucher. feelings about <laughs> chosen Croucher. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that really goes quite as well. Uh, do, you think Rich- he named, do you think he chose that name oh, boy. after the character Chosen from Cobra Kai? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. He did it after the LeBron James tattoo on his back. Okay. Uh, Richie James will certainly have a moment with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he'll be he will headline one of our waiver wire shows, no doubt, at some point. Richie James, maybe he won't even be on waiver wires because the Chiefs are a little bit thin on wide receivers. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's been some you know there's been some off season hype videos between Patrick Mahomes throwing uh, throwing some dimes to Justin Ross. Uh, You know, so hope springs eternal for him. Uh, yeah, if you're on the field with Patrick Mahomes, good things can happen. But it does feel like it's going to really be Mahomes and Kelsey this year once again. Yeah. For you know, we'll see with Sky Moore. And I could see Kadarius Tony having consistent value. Like he's Tony the he's the, the, the he's the guy that's the most interesting to me of the non-Kelsey Chiefs pass catchers right now. But certainly, Absolutely. you'll see Richie James, who's like a, a slot guy. I, I feel like I'm the only guy at this table that has seen Cobra Kai. No, no, I've seen Cobra I Kai. I haven't seen Cobra Kai. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It. I got it. I All right. He, just, he didn't like it, I guess. <laughs> he didn't. No, I, no I reaction. From no I would reaction. assume he didn't watch it. Yeah, that's yeah, thank yeah. you. No, <laughs> I, was just, I was just making an objective statement. I don't think that was the reason for our, Rob, the, the artist formerly known as Robbie Anderson. For it's, the other, it's the only person <laughs> I know named Chosen. Chosen yeah, is there's a character on Cobra Kai named Chosen. Um, he's, he's kind of a badass, by the way. Okay. And, you know, don't you yeah. think? Maybe maybe Robbie will have a big year then. Did you, Sorry, did you, chosen. Did you, I feel like because chosen comes in later in the in the series. I think he comes in like season four or five. Okay, yeah, I didn't get that. Okay, there that. you go. Yeah. So you have it right. <laughs> well, I don't even have to watch it. Anymore. Yeah. Well, I yeah. ruining stuff. I know the whole no, story. Yeah. The, you want to ruin, ruin what happened in Succession two episodes ago? <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Okay. But I'm just saying, I, uh, I I'm not there on Succession yet <laughs> okay. either. Don't right. so don't ruin anything for me. Well, Ruiner. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, like just. The fact that a character shows up named Chosen is not ruining anything. Okay. Cobra Kai. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's By fun. the way, Cobra Kai's awesome. I'll tell you what we can't ruin yeah. on this week's show, Let's guys. Let's sweep the leg. That would be Sunday, week two of the USFL, as it continues with more hard-hitting action as the New Jersey Generals take on the Pittsburgh Maulers Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern time on NBC and Peacock. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The Maulers is a great name. That's a really good football name. The Pittsburgh Maulers, that's a great name for a franchise. The Utah Jazz should take that name. Get rid of Jazz. (laughs) Utah Maulers? Maulers? Yeah, Utah Maulers. Fantastic. It's way better. <laughs> the Utah, yeah, obviously Salt Lake City known for its jazz scene. Gen- I mean, more known for its mauling scene. It's not yeah. known for its mauling either. <laughs> well, equivalent. By yeah. default, do you have to root for the generals, like commanders, generals? Is that like the bucket of football that you root for? <laughs> I feel like. Oh, you I mean, root for the, the Aggies. So generals, really I mean, match. I'm a little all over the place. Yeah. I'm a little all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. You're an Angels fan. Yeah. <laughs> Angels, Lakers, commanders. But just, it, I could go through ex- why I root I for each team that I do. <laughs> I haven't really planted my flag yet on the USFL. Who, I, okay. who, who my USFL is? Mullers are front runner. Yeah. 
It's a good I do like the name. It is strange that you came in today wearing a Crystal Palace jersey. That was a little bit yes. weird. Yeah. Uh, Zaha. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Zaha. Yeah, I mean, I am. That's listen, I love Zaha. Look, everyone knows. Sixers, Devils, Crystal Palace. That's, those are my teams. Those are my teams. Oh, man. Yeah, Mr. Harris. When you're part of the Josh Harris group, you have to support the whole team. Get in line. I'm all on board. Yeah, yes. I'm, all, I'm all in. We'll find a way in. I am trying to, yeah. All right, guys, a little mock draft time. Okay, I wrote, yeah. I wrote my first mock draft. For Roto World, NBC Sports, that's just a big, big accomplishment. Yes, yes. congratulations. <laughs> yes. Nice job. It's, it's, Connor yes. Rogers is available now for yeah. free. For free. NBCSportsEdge.com, RotoWorld.com, your mock draft. And this is, now, are you, uh, are you, are you calling, so, is this based on, let me ask you this. This is predicting. Put, this, is, this is predicting. This is not based on what you would do. Correct. This is basically talking to your sources, talking to all the people. You've done this for years and years and years for Bleach Report. Now you're over here doing it for us. Uh, so this is predicting. And let's go through the number one pick at Carolina. Who do you have them taking? Yeah, Bryce Young. I mean, pretty chalk here. This has moved, to, I think, minus 500 now, Jay. Oh, I think it's it minus 5,000. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably off the board at this point. It has really uh, gone like crazy. So Bryce Young, number one to Carolina. I think that's where they land. Number two is the one I've – so I wrote this mock trap. We weren't on the air last week. Things have changed. Right. C.J. Stroud going there, that's where everything has started to change. I've heard 50-50 the Texans could take a defensive player – like Tyree Wilson that you see at three there. So the Texans can really change this entire draft. But I think what's interesting here, guys, of course, is the quarterback conversation, especially Anthony Richardson at four. You have Shane Steichen coming over from the Eagles, and you wonder what he can do with Richardson's development, not just throwing the deep ball, but, of course, on the ground rushing as well. Right. Obviously, what he did last year with Jalen Hurts, you know, speaks volume there. They do have Gardner Minshew. And there's a number of veterans out there that they could also probably grab and, you know, if they wanted to – give it a development year for Richardson. That's the most interesting one. The other thing that's really interesting here is what happens. No one, I think, in the world is rooting harder for the Texans not to take C.J. Stroud than the Arizona Cardinals. Because if C.J. Stroud is there at three, the Arizona Cardinals are like, all right, someone trade me their team. They're begging right now. That's the thing I've heard for two weeks is that they would – they right now don't believe they can get out of the pick, but that's the variable. If the Texans take Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud is there – the Colts are sitting there at four, and everybody's like, can I get ahead of the Colts and get C.J. Stroud? And who that team would be is the big variable as well. Is that right. Could it be Tennessee? Tennessee. Uh, there's really not a ton of options for teams to come up because they don't want to go that far back. Tampa needs a quarterback. Tampa's the one that makes the most sense to come up for a quarterback if they weren't at 19. Yes. They're just in no man's land but in the draft. Could and I know Seattle's got Geno Smith, but they no. actually can get out of that deal after one, one year. year or so. Could, could Seattle do that? Could Detroit? I know they. I know they believe in Jared Goff, but you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, those teams are in play. I think, but it ma- feels like Tennessee would be the most likely yes uh, team to try to make a big move like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard that the Cardinals they have Tyree Wilson as the number one defensive player on their I, board, I and even heard, if Will Anderson yeah. is there, they're going to take Tyree Wilson at three if they can't get out of the pick. But to me, the whole draft the draft begins at two. And the whole question that the whole draft is going to pivot around is, are the Texans actually not going to take a quarterback? Because now there's more and more swirling, the people saying that the Texans aren't as high as C.J. Stroud, and there is obviously the elephant in the room there is that C.J. Stroud and Deshaun Watson have the same agents, which is absolutely going to play a role. And so now it's looking more and more like they might take Will Levis at number two if they take a quarterback. I don't think anyone knows, to your point earlier, Connor, about what's happening with Anthony Richardson and where he's going to go. He's a bit of the wild card right yeah. now, and it's because of all the dominoes, right? When you look at it, the Texans are such a domino spot, like you said, Jay, where 
are they going to get really cute with this and try to move from 12 back up for a quarterback? Well, if you like a quarterback, you don't do that rule of thumb of scouting in no. the NFL. You just take him when he's there. So that kind of goes back. If they like Will Levis, just they don't care what the outside opinions are. They could take him at two. Do you think the talent of Stroud and Levis and Richardson is such that it would be malpractice for the Texans to take a defensive player at two? No, I don't. Okay. I, now, here's the timelines question, right? For D'Amico Ryans, no. D'Amico Ryans' first year there. D'Amico Ryans needs pass rush for his defense to work. You hired him for his defense to work. You're in a weaker division. For Nick Casario, this is his last draft, in my opinion, if he doesn't take a quarterback. I don't see how they pass on quarterback again, have a great year, year one, with Davis Mills under center or whatever it may be. Sure you can't go into year three of Davis Mills. Like, that's my thing. I just think the Texans have to take a quarterback. I think they have to. Yeah. And I think there's a little heat from an owner there saying I'm tired of not having this answered since we traded Deshaun Watson so I think ultimately they will take one it's a matter of how they operate that board and the Stroud question is the biggest one because there's a gap from Stroud down to Richardson down to Levis yeah but relationships matter in the NFL and there's a very real fractured one there with how things ended with Deshaun Watson and, and there is no chance there's no chance that the Panthers take Stroud I wouldn't put I mean, it at There's no always a chance, chance but it, it, conventional wisdom is that they're taking Bryce Young. Yes. It would feel very uh, Baker Mayfield going number one the day before the draft when Sam Darnold was there for weeks. That's what that would feel like to me. Yep. We were all pretty shocked when that, that came down yes. in the last 24 hours. Yep. My expectation now, and you can, you, know, you can bet on this at BetMGM in terms of picks two, three, four in the draft, I think that Bryce Young will go one. I think Will Levis will go too because I think they'll take a quarterback and they seem to have cooled on C.J. Stroud, which I think will be the wrong pick, but I think that Levis will go too, which seems insane, but it seems like he is the number one quarterback on their board. I think Tyree Wilson will go three if Arizona can't trade the pick, and then four, the Colts will have a decision between Stroud and Richardson. Uh, and all common sense would dictate Stroud, but who knows? It seems like Stroud may actually fall, despite the fact that two weeks ago or whatever, he was minus 400 to go number one, and now he might not even go in the top four. You know, and I'll say this, off that conversation, the year that Josh Allen was in the draft, and the Colts were not in the quarterback market that year, they traded their third overall pick to the Jets, but I know Chris Ballard loved Josh Allen, and when you look at Anthony Richardson, he is the all-traits prospect of... He could do it all. He could throw it a mile. He could run. He just needs to play more. He needs more refinement. So if you go by Ballard's history of what he likes, he is a guy that wants to swing for the fences. Josh Allen's a great comp. I was actually having this conversation with a friend on the way in, and my friend is, was asking me where I thought about Richardson, and I, I actually said, I hadn't even seen your mock draft yet, and I said, I thought the Colts uh, made the most sense. And, you know, my friend was anti him and just said, you know, Richardson just says, I don't know, you know, whatever. 56% completion percentage in college or whatever it was. I said, by the way, Josh Allen's completion percentage in college was awful. Like, if you look at all the scouting on Josh Allen coming out, it was just like, big physical guy, can throw in a mile, obviously can run, but no, you know, a huge accuracy issues. And by the way, he played at Wyoming. You know, look at the competition. And now, obviously, Josh Allen is like the best quarterback in football, right? Or one of the, one of the top yeah. three guys. And so... I sort of feel that way with Anthony Richardson. There's a lot of stuff you can coach in the NFL. What you can't coach is what that guy has. And that guy's just got, you know, again, genetic freak of nature. 
That's he's what just it comes a, He's to. just, you know, he's just a, you know, physical, I mean, you know, incredible. It, he's an incredible physical guy. It's not going to happen, but I would give serious consideration to taking him one because he's got surely the highest ceiling of any quarterback. And when you're picking one, you're picking I, ceiling. Bryce is the best prospect in terms of his median outcome, I think. But Richardson might have the better ceiling. I'm, doing, I'm currently doing a, uh, a dynasty mock draft of rookies, a super flex dynasty mock draft with a bunch of experts in the uh in in the field and uh for for dynasty league football which is a dynasty site um a really good one by the way and uh anyway and so i had the number two pick Bijan robinson went number one so it's dynasty superflex where you play two quarterbacks i took richardson i could have taken any of them i just thought again for fantasy football like who's got the most upside in theory this is a dynasty so it's a dynasty mock draft like Anthony Richardson could be, you know, could be, has has Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, like he's got that kind of upside. He's yeah. got that ceiling. Absolutely. Cool. Speaking of Bijan Robinson, where'd you have him going in your mock? Down the board, and you know, I even wrote in the mock draft. I have him at twenty-eight to the Bengals, right? And okay. we've talked about the Joe Mixon situation. Yeah. But I did write in the mock draft. I ultimately think Bijan will be taken earlier than this by a team trading up or back okay. in from the second round. It's you do the exercise, and you're like, I just can't find that place for him earlier, but I know he's not making it to 28 because he's a top-five player in the draft. As we get closer here, though, guys, the conversation we opened the show earlier the show today, the Chargers' future with Austin Eckler, the Vikings' future with Dalvin Cook, if those teams get there and Bijan Robinson's sitting there and they go, we have him as a top-five player, we don't have our long-term future at running back set, he can also play in the slot. Bijan flexes out, he does everything. I mean, I wouldn't rule out the Chargers. I wouldn't rule out the Vikings. And once again, a team trading up. Bijan's going earlier than this. But the dream fit, of course, would be the Bengals at 28. It'd be incredible. I mean, just again, especially assuming Mixon moves on to another team, like Bijan Robinson going to a great offense like that, you know, an explosive offense. Bijan Robinson on the Bengals is a top five overall fantasy pick to me. Yep. Absolutely. And right now, in terms of the market, the, he's favored to go to the Falcons which seems very high at eight, and it's still it's plus 200, so it's not like pencil him in there, but they're the favorite right now. And I mean, that I think would be a great fantasy fit as well, just with their commitment so, to running the ball. Yes, massive commitment to running the ball, and, you know, um, that feels weird, but then again, you know, listen, they, you know, they drafted one of the best blocking tight ends in, 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 <laughs> with Kyle Pitts. At, at three, four? At, yeah. at four. Yeah, fourth four. overall. Blocking fourth tight overall. End. To make him a blocking <laughs> tight end, I, it does feel weird. It does feel weird. It does feel like and I've made this joke before, back. but it does. It does feel like the front office of the Falcons and what the <laughs> coaching staff want to do are on to- that they never talk to each other. Yes. They're on opposite ends of the building. They they don't, maybe not even have each other's phone numbers. Yeah, because like you know, here you go. Here's Drake London. Here's Kyle Pitts. I'm gonna run the ball. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like the Falcons have drafted reasonably well with those picks and the coaching staff has done a good job <laughs> overall. It's just they're not interacting yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, look, Arthur Smith did a... I mean, you know, as annoying as it was for fantasy managers oh, of, of Kyle Pitts, the fact of the matter is is he got the most out of that team. Like, he, he's like, this is... This is how I'm going to compete with no quarterback. Yeah. I'm just going to – I mean, they grinded out some wins. You know what I mean? Like, they competed. So, I agree with you. I thought Arthur Smith, as frustrating as it was for us as, as Kyle Pitts managers, like, I thought from an NFL perspective, he did a really nice job last year. Yep. It just doesn't seem in concert with what they're doing in the draft and how they're building this team. Yep. 
So we run, we'll quickly run through picks 11 through 20 yeah. here. We talked enough about Will Levis. He falls to the Titans at 11 here. I think he goes earlier than that, as Jay hinted to. You I have the, JSN at the uh, That's at the most fantasy as, relevant as, one right, to me. Yeah. Right. As, you, know, you have him as the first wide receiver off the board. Yeah. What, like, now, you can't bet on draft props in every state, Jay, but there are some states that will do it. What are the odds on JSN being the first wide receiver off the board? Yep, so a bet MJM is minus 275. Right. So that's basically I think he should be minus 500. Okay, yeah. that's a good bet. Yeah. Throw in some parlays. Boost those odds. Yeah. I like so it. That so JSN, one, that's dumb. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, pass-catching tight end of the Lions. That would be a really, really good landing spot for him. That, that would be a rare rookie fantasy tight end that should finish as a top 10 tight end in the fantasy landscape. That, that's what that rookie tight ends Rookie tens, tight ends tend to struggle. Yeah. In, you know, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's very few rookie tight ends that have ever had top 10 seasons as rookies. Evan Ingram, his year did because he was literally the only guy yeah. left in New York because they had so many massive injuries. Gronk's rookie year, fueled by touchdowns, he got into the top 10. But generally speaking, it is rare that a – a rookie tight end gets in the top 10. Having said that, though, we've seen how much that offense, Ben Johnson's offense, used TJ Hawkinson. They sort of had a tight end by committee, you know, whatever. Didn't Zilstra have three touchdowns at one point this year, you know, like in one game? But so I do agree with you that if Dalton Kincaid went to Detroit, that would be pretty interesting given how high we are on that particular um, offense. Uh, Zay Flowers, uh, did we get to, let's... Yes, Flowers at 20 to Seattle and... We saw this offense. Up, we we yeah. saw this offense when Tyler Lockett was hurt last year. They just needed another guy for him and DK Metcalf for Geno to throw the ball to. He goes to that offense. He's five foot nine. He moves really, really well. He's going to play in the slot at the next level, even though he played inside outside in college. Seattle needs that number three wide receiver, and I think it's something they're looking at at twenty. I feel like we've just said that every single year. Though I, I mean, like I just feel like that's where number three wide receivers go to die. Yeah. Like I mean, just like there's so many guys over the years that they have drafted. Eskridge, to, uh, yeah, he was D. a Eskridge, second round pick. D. Yeah. D. Eskridge be, is a, is a great example, but literally, it's for years. It's just always been Lockett and Metcalf. Yep. By the way, I agree with your pick. It, I do know that the Commanders are very high on Joey Porter. Uh, in the secondary, uh, wouldn't be surprised to see them go that route. I know he had a visit with them. He's visited a lot of teams. A lot of people, a lot of teams like Porter, but that one feels right to me. Him and Deontay Banks, they love the corners in this draft. It, the commanders taking corner at 16 is, is something that I expect to happen. And then you close out the draft 21 through 31. We already talked about Bijan at 28, which would be the most fantasy relevant part of this mock draft. But 21, the Chargers taking Jordan Addison. We had our earlier report from ESPN's Jordan Reed that they're on pass catchers. I've heard the same thing for a long time. Addison is that guy that can win at all three levels. He can play inside-outside despite being small. There's a theme with the Chargers that they want receiving help. And the same can be said with the Giants. They've had a visit with Quentin Johnston. They need size. I know they got Darren Waller who could play as a bigger slot option. But then they have a ton of tiny wide receivers. Quentin Johnson has that size. He's got build-up speed to win down the field. And they know that after signing Daniel Jones, they got to surround him with help. Yeah, I mean, they've got, they've got a bunch of wide receivers, but they all feel like sort of guys. Same guy. Waller, yeah. Waller, I think, was helpful. And so Quentin Johnson certainly becomes interesting if he winds up there as well. Uh, there isn't much other fantasy-relevant guys here. Obviously, B. John Robinson, we expect him to be the only running back in the first round. Uh, to go. And Gibbs so, has a small chance, but it's, a, it's an outside chance. Right. I think running backs over one and a half in round one, Jay's significant plus money right now. Yes, yeah, it seems like it's just going to be Bijan. And I think it's an interesting conversation with not just the wide receivers, with tight ends as well, just with the prevalence of passing now in the NFL and what we've seen from 
Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, these guys in their first year coming out, like people weren't allowed to do that previously. And the fact that they're playing at that level, I think you're going to see guys, you know, JSN's probably the biggest candidate just right. because he is such a heavy favorite to be the first wide receiver drafted. Um, but I think these guys will have immediate impact and we just have to kind of operate with that assumption going forward that, you know, as a rookie, you can make that kind of impact. Yeah, it'd just be interesting with him just because we just don't know what this Packers offense will look like under Jordan Love. We think Jordan Love will be decent. At least it's hard to see, but yeah. like, you know, listen, Christian Watson had a really nice year last year. He sort of, he, he exploded over the second half. We saw flashes from Romeo Dobbs as well. And so it's still likely, especially given Jordan Love. I mean, you know, if they were run heavy with Aaron Rodgers and yeah. conservative with Rodgers, can't imagine they're suddenly opening it up with Jordan Love. So it does feel like JSN, you know, is more of a possession guy, more of a like a deeper PPR league play than in his rookie year than anything else. Yep, and they might get Corey Davis back in the trade. That's right. a really real thought to that. So that kind of changes up the wide receiver room. But I'll be releasing a, a three-round mock draft for draft week that I think will have much more fantasy impact because this draft, like many, is loaded with day two and day uh, day three running backs and wide receivers. So yeah, but it doesn't feel like it's a great wide receiver draft. No, no it's all depth pieces. It's, it's, Number yeah, threes, kind yeah. of galore. Like there'll always be somebody that emerges. There's a, but feels like the real fantasy value from this draft will come from. Honestly, is more dynasty with the quarterbacks and then the running backs. Yep. The, the running backs are where that'll that'll play out. All right. All right. What da- do we got next? Download the Roto World app to oh, receive yes. breaking player news all season long. <laughs> Stay promo. ahead of the competition yes. by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today for free. For the free. Roto World app is free. Like, just download it. What do you care? Because if you hate it, then you can just delete it. It's a free app. What are you doing? It'll take you 10 seconds. You should have it. We haven't done best bets in a long time, yeah. Jay, it feels like. And it's appropriate. We've, we've kind of hinted at some draft bets if they're in your market. Jay, what do you got this week? Which one are you looking at? Yeah. So I've got a few. First one is, and I'm Especially stealing. Especially if you use promo code Barry at BetMGM. Exactly. Risk-free yep. bet up to $1,000. Yep. Yes. I've said that in a while, but shabby. I believe that is the promo. Correct. Uh, I'm stealing this from a friend of ours, Brad Spielberger from PFF. Uh, I spoke to him yesterday. He said his best bet by far is Christian Gonzalez to be the first cornerback taken. Now, the thing is, one, I'm going to preempt your joke about find your own bets, Croucher. No, I'm going to find one from my friend, Brad Spielberger. And I think that with Devin Witherspoon, who's a heavy favorite to be the first corner taken, there's this assumption that he's just going to go to Detroit and that that is just done. I don't think that's done at all. They could easily go, they could take an edge. They could even take a quarterback. They could take an offensive lineman. I don't think that's done at all. And if you make the assumption that that's not done, then all of a sudden I think Christian Gonzalez is very in play. He's plus 160. Uh, I think that should be closer to a coin flip. And then outside of that, Will Levis on BetMGM, plus 250 to go second overall. I think if they take a quarterback, it will be Will Levis. And then the other one that I like, first defensive player to be taken... Uh, Tyree Wilson, plus 275. I think Arizona are going to be the first team that takes a defensive player. I think they like Tyree Wilson more than Will Anderson, so I think that Tyree Wilson should be the favorite in that market. I think that those are all really interesting, but I feel like that's not a parlay you want to do, right? Because if you did Lev, feels like either the Levis bet hits or the Tyree, because if they take Levis and Stroud is there at three, 
I think there are going to be a lot of teams that want to trade up to Arizona, right? Potentially, yep. So, but I think that if if Stroud and Young are off the board, then it's going to be hard for any team to trade into that Arizona. So then they probably take Tyree. Potentially. I don't really understand the CJ Stroud thing at all. I don't understand why he's just not the pick at two. Um, and, obvi- and obviously he was in the mix to go one for a long time too. But it just seems like the league is cooling on CJ Stroud overall. So there potentially is a chance that he slides. Do you get that at all? Have you I mean, two yeah, questions for you? Do you agree with Jay? Is that what you're hearing as well? That the kind of the team, the leak has has soured for whatever reason on CJ Stroud. And is there is there any basis to this? Do you have any thought about this? Is it just because the Texans, for whatever reason, aren't definitely going to do it? And maybe there's reasons beyond just the player CJ Stroud, as you mentioned, same agent as Watson, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's Texan centric uh, as a whole. I, I still think he's going to go early. I think it opens up the door to your scenario of Arizona getting their wish and getting out of the pick that they've been dying to get rid of. But I do think it's Texan-centric where they are not sold on Stroud. They are not sold on the quarterback class after Bryce as a whole. Yep. And it could lead to a giant shakeup in the draft. Do you ever see did – um, did you guys see the movie Draft Day? Oh, yeah, of yes. course. Awful movie. It's maybe the worst sports movie of all time. <laughs> it might be. It's awful. It's awful. And, you know, like, like – and anyway, I won't ruin it for you if you haven't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> I'm no Jay Croucher here. <laughs> Um, the machinations that go on during that draft are like just mind-boggling in terms of and how it winds up and how they get there. But none of which would ever happen. All that said, in draft day, if you remember, there's a quarterback prospect that everyone says is like the no-brainer, number one, the, the Andrew Luck, you know, the Peyton Manning, the, you know, the most complete quarterback prospect you know, ever kind of guy, um, the Trevor Lawrence, if you will, and he ends up dropping. He ends up dropping in the because the Browns, which is general managed by Kevin Costner, uh, they they're out on it's a whole thing. But uh, but it feels like it's it feels like it's a little bit of the plot of draft day here, which is because the Browns and Kevin Costner were sort of crazy, right? In that le- in that draft, they didn't they decided they didn't like the kid, uh, the quarterback, and everyone was like, "What do they know? What do they know?" And then all of a sudden, he starts dropping and. Could it be something insane? Do you want to? Am I right? Yeah, you are. It's just so funny. I, I'm not going to give away the plot to draft day, <laughs> but the reason why he's dropping is just utterly hilarious. Like the, you know, right. the birthday. They, they, thing. They, they, oh, yeah. whatever. It's, yeah. a, it's a 15 year old movie. Yeah. If, 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 you, if you still want to watch movie. it, that sucks. By the way, if you want to watch draft day, pause this right now and go watch draft draft day, and then come back here. But yes, Feeling like none of his close. teammates went to his birthday party. Yeah. Is, is, is that's why the quarterback yes. drafts? Like he and so Kevin Costner assumes that that means he's not a good leader and his team doesn't like him and he's too much about him by the way by the way this would be a good how many how many players do you think went to russell wilson's birthday party this year yeah, probably not that many there you go yeah, they couldn't find it in his house with all the rooms <laughs> all the rooms <laughs> yeah, actually if they showed up they just couldn't find it maybe um but yeah anyway i think that you back levis to go to plus 250 you back tyree wilson plus 275 first defensive player you hope to go one of two right maybe you strike two of two but you hope to go one of two also some chance that the texans could take tyree wilson at two which very real that chance bet. So very real chance those uh would be my plays i like it I okay like it. yeah i mean that's really interesting but yeah i, I do think i think it's i that's my take is that i think it i don't think both those things happen I feel like I feel like one of those has a really good chance. Of Do you think the teams like Stroud enough that Tennessee or Tampa? Like, there's not that many teams that can really trade up as the thing. That's it's the Tennessee issue. Tennessee or Tampa, right? That's the issue. Arizona's having that issue. Yeah. They've been trying to trade this pick. So and you need Tennessee or Tampa Bay or some other dark horse to like Stroud enough. And give up a real package to make yep. that. That's an astronomical leap, especially yep. for Tampa Bay. Yep. So it's that's 
That's crazy. The drama be, of the draft. But what? But it'll be it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch because, by the way, if say Stroud gets to four, Arizona can't trade the pick. Whatever they've got, you know, they're ten minutes on the clock, and you know, Arizona can't trade the pick. So that they uh, say Levis goes two, they can't trade the pick. They take Wilson. They take Tyree Wilson, and so now the Colts are at four, and like, hey, we've been circling Richardson this whole time because yeah. we assumed Stroud was off the off the board. Now what do we do? And so let's say they take Stroud. Now all of a sudden, who's in play for Anthony Richardson, who again we think is has massive upside, but yeah, and that becomes a really interesting conversation for the Seahawks and Lions. That's what I was going to say. Raiders. To me, this, this, yeah. the Seahawks, the Seahawks or the Raiders become to me really yep. interesting, especially the Seahawks because they're like. Since buying Gino for a year, hmm. learn, you know, and then it's perfect spot for him. Perfect spot for him. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, love yeah. It. That's a so, wrap for us. Is it? Yeah, it is a wrap for us. But we will be back next week. <laughs> oh, oh, you want to break down draft day more? A little more draft. Ridiculous. A little more. It? Dra- it's. I just. It is. We'll it, I think it's Kirby my Kosek least favorite movie. Well. It's, it's so many things like, and the the his mom, the <laughs> wife of an NFL coach, wants to have the funeral the day of draft day when he's been dead for two weeks, but he's, she's got to pour the ashes out on draft day. Like, it, the whole thing is insane. The whole thing. And by the way, by the way, there's also a whole, like, a movie that would never get made in the Me Too era, you know, because there's, a, like, like... It's a disaster it, class. It's a, it's a, the whole thing is, like, because of the romantic... The, there's a romantic storyline and the whole... this. I, now I, I need everyone to watch Draft yeah. Day so we and can talk about it. Next week we'll break down Hardball and the replacements. Sweet, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. All right, stay with us all season. We got a show next. Here's what we got. Next week we got a show, a uh, regular day on Wednesday, and then Thursday night we will be reacting to the draft, the three of us. Uh, so tune into that as we will react quickly to the fantasy-relevant players that get drafted on Draft Day Thursday night. It is closing time now, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For Jay Croucher and Connor Rogers, I'm Matthew Berry. Peace out!